Welcome to the One Degree Shift Podcast, where we learn the little changes that future-proof some of our favorite companies and teams. Here's your host, Eric Termundi. Alyssa Carpenter, thank you so much for joining the One Degree Shift Podcast. How are you today? I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> oh man, what, uh, what a few uh, six, eight weeks it has been. In this time, I think we've been thrown into a new reality, which we've heard countless times before. But you know, before our conversation, we agreed that we were settling in a little bit. And in this time and in these past weeks, I've been reading a lot. Uh, I've been reading on Entrepreneur, I've been reading on LinkedIn, and I stumbled across not just one, but many of your articles and became a, an immediate fan of the work that you do, the thoughts that you have, and how you're approaching this pandemic leadership teams, culture, and everything that we can do to ultimately build great organizations. So perhaps instead of hearing it from me, can you share a little bit about yourself, the work that you do, and ultimately what's most interesting or intriguing to you right now? Sure. Thank you so much. That really, that means a lot. (laughs) I really appreciate it. It's been a really interesting few weeks and the phrase of new normal and finding the new normal, it it's evolved, I think, mm-hmm. over these you know, few weeks. And it, it's been fascinating to see what I'm capable of, what our family as a unit is, what our organizations are capable of. I think if you would have mentioned some of these things even months ago or a week before all this happened, you would never say, you know, you would do a virtual happy hour with a team or you do trivia with your friends or happy hour. Like all these things are just so different. And I think has brought in so much, you know, opportunity. I am most excited about now. I have my books coming out really shortly. It'll be out on the 11th. How to listen and how to be heard. Inclusive cool. conversations at work. Um, Congratulations! A, thank you so much. It's it still has doesn't feel really real, which is strange mm. because I have the physical book and I can hold it, and it just right. feels. You know, when you work so hard on something and it comes to fruition, you're like, wait, oh, this is real. You know, <laughs> this happened. Yeah. And, that I'm launching an adjoining class with it, uh, actually a certificate programs for inclusive workplace communication to be able to take that book to life, which is a 12-week program. So you can really work through it. It's 90-minute classes weekly to, you know, so we can take it to the next level. So just very excited about what's well, to come. A huge, huge congratulations. And maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what we can maybe that's what we can talk about because um in this virtual distributed remote working environment. Um, what are the things that you see organizations or teams doing well, and perhaps are the opportunities that uh, you see that they can take advantage of as well? I think even we were talking about this a little bit before, I think it's a great opportunity to try new things and shake things Mm. up a little bit. Right now, people are more forgiving, I think, than they will ever be. So if you're trying Zoom, you're you're using it in a different capacity, trying these other technologies, even Google Classroom, just all of these things, now's the time to check it out. Because if you mess up, people are like, it's okay. You know, it's your Mm. first time. We'll work through it together. We'll work through those glitches. So almost a throw spaghetti at the wall situation and kind of see what happens. That can be scary. That can be um, nerve wracking. I know a lot of people, a lot of my clients brought in new people before this happens. And now they went from, you know, hiring somebody one day and then onboarding then becomes online and all of these things. And it's overwhelming and it's scary. And we went from, you know, potentially a work from home environment to more of a crisis work from home. So companies, my client, they weren't prepared. VPN systems couldn't hold the capacity. You didn't have enough computers and devices. And 
and you know all these things. But I, I'm loving the pivots people are doing, the community that it's really bringing people together. I think hopefully there's the good that's happening now as a humanity will continue moving forward. Right. Is my, my general hope. How do we measure? success like this? You said there have been lots of pivots and things like that. How do we know when we need to pivot um, versus, you know, maybe we should just stick through it. Um, What's the line? Uh, If you're going through hell, keep going. Um, How do we know when to stop and when we should pivot versus, you know, perhaps being able to just keep running through the forest? I think, great question. I think it's so, it's tough because I've seen a lot of either entrepreneurs or companies in general pivoting almost too soon where things weren't ready to be launched. You know, it's Mm. thinking, oh, we're going to go in this direction. Let's just throw this together and cobble this event together and make it a virtual event. That Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's the (laughs) best thing to do. Just because you can do it, it doesn't mean it's the best thing to do. I think pivoting as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, always happens. I started my business in one direction. The end goal is the same. How I'm going about it is different. Really monitoring and seeing what's going on. There's a fusion between what you like and what you're good at and those gifts, what people need, and then what people will actually pay for. There has to be a synergy between all of those. And during this time, that's that's tricky, right? We have 17 million plus people filing for unemployment. People out of jobs don't have the budget. How -hmm. can you think about what you're doing? Is there another way that you can deliver the service um, Mm -hmm. or the product that you have? Will it be the same? Will you be giving the same value to your customers on the other end? If not, can you price that accordingly? Or Mm -hmm. should you wait it out depending on what you have as we go back in the future? I think it's it's a great question. It's so big and broad depending on Mm -hmm. what company you're in, but I have seen people pivot too quickly. And then when we hopefully come out of the other side, you don't want to ruin everything that you've created before all this happens. Okay. So I'm hearing a couple things. Number one is that an MVP, we might be pivoting too early. We might just be throwing something out there and seeing if it sticks. The second thing that I'm hearing though, is that people are more forgiving and giving us more opportunity than we've ever had before. So where is that line then between let's try something new and let's not pivot too early? Because hey, look, I I agree with you on both fronts. I think we're all just trying to figure it out. I think that success in in a situation like this, whether it comes to how we work with our people better, to how we put our products out into a new platform, a new medium, it all has to come through experimentation, right? Like you don't, you can't possibly predict the future. I, I often use the analogy of like, you know, I've scratched lottery tickets before and I have no idea if I'm going to win even as I'm scratching it. So we like to think we can predict five and 10 years down the road. I can't even predict what's going to happen in five seconds. What's the balance between experimentation and forgiveness? I think you also have to ask for feedback too. And I'm even just thinking of, I take uh, classes at my local bar studio mm-hmm. and they, with this, it's a franchise organization. So I could pay the franchise fee, which is very inexpensive to do that online, or mm-hmm. I can continue to pay my monthly membership to be part of this community that they have and have live instruction with the instructors there. And I think mm-hmm. they would even admit at first it was a little clunky figuring sure. out you know, how this would work. But what they did was they asked for feedback. What time do you want to have classes? Do you want mm-hmm. 
audiences? Is Zoom a good platform for this to be on? Are there um, specific equipment that you need that you don't have in your house that we can rent to you or you can purchase through our studio or we can provide mm-hmm. you different links? I think mm-hmm. it's awesome to start out and pivot and try, but you have to get feedback and are people buying it or what you have because there's so many other things that are offered. You can get one Peloton now for 90 days free, right? You're mm-hmm things and trying to pivot. But if you have to ask for the feedback of your customers to see if it makes sense um, for you to still have this sustainable, you know, business. Yeah. And and totally agree. And I think that that equally applies with teams and leadership as well. The article that I first read was about four things that people need from their leaders in a time like this. Can Can you share what those four things are and ultimately how a leader can exemplify what those qualities and traits are? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things, and even when you asked me, how are you at the beginning of our conversation today, it sounds so silly. Um, We Mm -hmm. ask people, how are you all the time? But right now, and we're used to having this default of good or fine, but right now we know that that's not right. Are you really good? You know, are Mm -hmm. you really fine? And why is that happening? People want really empathetic leaders at this time to really engage and have those, have those conversations with them. being transparent too is, is very, very crucial. I think in this bigger picture as organizations, as people are pivoting, people are losing their jobs, we don't know what's going on. So mm-hmm. we're looking for those leaders to be really transparent and to be really authentic. If you don't know that information, to let your team know. Attend different meetings if you can. Advocate for your team as people are losing jobs. So there are other things that you can stick up for your team for. Saying mm-hmm. that is also huge and acknowledging you know the accomplishments of the members of your team I think that I mean, the underlying element really of all of it is going to be being human right and recognizing yeah that we are all experiencing the same thing in general, but really internalizing it in different ways. And being a leader, it's the time to step up in a very different way than you have before. Um, Being human, being vulnerable, and being transparent are just essential right now. And you physically can't see people unless you're doing Zoom or something like this. Mm -hmm. So you have to be more communicative and really set expectations and be clear on what they are as well. So... Absolutely agree. And, you know, if I look at myself in the mirror, I would think as any leader, likely, uh, I would think, of of course, I'm doing all that stuff. Uh, That's very, um, as, as an individual, that's what I need to do to be successful. The reality is not many of us are. Uh, so the question then becomes, how do we increase our self-awareness to better understand how we're showing up with our team? How do we monitor you know, the pleases and the thank yous? How do we actually create time and space to be able to ha- um, ask you how you really are? You know, because like, I agree with you too. You know, you say, how are you only as a segue to get to what's next? <laughs> Not really to see how the other individual is. And, and I think that that self-awareness is, is missing in many cases. So what are the things that I might be able to do as a leader to be more aware of what those actions are or aren't so I know what I need to work on? Yeah. And it's interesting because even in my book, I have a whole chapter and it's a little bit different spin, but more on toxicity and being a toxic you know, see your toxic colleagues. And the first thing is, is check yourself. And I'll be very Mm. honest that I am probably not all four of these things or do all of this during this time, because there's so many other responsibilities and expectations that you just have before. And oftentimes we're sending that really short email. It's not rude. You're just answering the question because you have to move on to the next thing, or you're probably here at two kids and my dog is probably out there. You know, you're trying to balance 
all of these things. I like to, and, and whatever works for other people makes sense. Like don't change your method if it doesn't work for you. So don't choose mine necessarily. But I'm a huge fan of using my calendar. So if some mm-hmm. people, if it's their birthday, I honestly think we need to acknowledge and still celebrate things that are happening now. I put it in my calendar. I will pre-schedule a paperless post, which is a free service where you can send and an email to someone. So it's already scheduled. They get their you know happy birthday card. I'll send a gift certificate. I've been using Brightbox as one of my favorites. It's $15 and it's get a bunch of little gifts. So I will pre-do that when I have that in my mind or I'll put it in my calendar because mm-hmm. I know I will not remember. There will be something else. Sure, that, yeah. That, you know, I think it's important is even directing the conversation to other people, if you know you're innately not that person. And we also can't come from this space where we never asked these questions before and now all of mm-hmm. a sudden we're showing that we care, right? It can't be the yeah. zero to 100% um, mm-hmm. shift. But even saying to your to your employees, and hopefully you've built up that relationship, I am here for you. I want you know to be able to support you and asking for feedback of them. What can I do better? What do you need from me? Putting it back on them, not so the onus is on them, but so they truly know that you want to change, you want to be different if you know that that's not your strength. Right. Now, in, in some cases, when you're asking for feedback, though, that could be sort of opening the floodgates too. how do you sort of monitor what that feedback looks like? Or what sort of structure can you put in place? Because really, what this comes down to is ha- building better relationships between not just managers and, and, and juniors or employees, but people. So do you have any sort of idea or, or suggestions on a bit of a, a framework that we could put in, into place? I mean, first of all, I think any feedback is is genuinely a gift. It may not feel like mm-hmm. it at the time. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, being vulnerable and asking for it is important. You can structure your feedback to the type of feedback that you're looking for. What Mm -hmm. fires did you have to put out this week, this month, this year that could have been prevented? What Mm -hmm. barriers are in your way that you may need help with? What support Mm -hmm. or resources did you need? Can I provide or can the organization provide? Be very strategic in the types of questions or the feedback that you're asking and only ask the questions if you plan to do something with what somebody said. So whether or not you plan to completely change your ways or get other resources, don't ask somebody, what can I remove for you? What can I help you with? And have no intention of doing that. Mm -hmm. Ask questions that you're willing and vulnerable to take action on. I, I just hope everyone on the other end of this podcast is just scribbling down these notes because these questions are fantastic. Uh, they're concrete. They're able to be acted on. And, you know, perhaps ones that aren't top of mind uh, for, for leaders because, you know, you, you said a lot of great things that I, I just hadn't considered before. What do you think uh, is a silver lining uh, of this pandemic and a new practice? I'm not going to say best because I, the idea of best practice universally just I, I don't think works, especially when it comes to teams and the development of great relationships. What are some new practices that you've seen that you think will be sort of table stakes? And the example that I'll kind of give is in the last decade, we've seen like the ping pong table and the keg be some, become sort of like table stakes where it's not a, a competitive advantage or a differentiator anymore. It just becomes, we've got this, so does everyone else. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of sort of trust come into play in that trust is sort of given first and then taken away whether you know rather in the past i think it's trust has sort of been earned but as we get into this remote distributed workplace result or work is results based now more so than time based and you have to trust people because mm, no other option what are some sort of practices that you're seeing you think will sort of become table stakes as we get into into the office again or sort of re- refresh into whatever the office or normal work might look like. I definitely think, and I'll touch upon something else too, but I think 
remote work in general. Um, a lot of my clients even talking about it before was, we can't do this. There's no way that position can make this happen. And that at this point is going to be table stakes of, wait a minute, I did this before. Now, now you can tell me I can't, you know, how is this working? My fear or concern about this would be, again, we're in a crisis work from home situation. So being able to monitor and track somebody's performance now with all these hundred other things going on is going to look very differently when kids go back to school, you know, caregiver yeah. people aren't sick as, as they are now. So that'll be different. But what I hope something doesn't change is just the humanity and the I mean, business name is everything's not okay and that's okay. And it's really revealing that curtain, right? We're doing these virtual calls. Um, I was doing a webinar for a client yesterday and people are like, I'm not wearing makeup. I don't care. You know, this is my house. This is what happened. We went from, you know, being so afraid to be vulnerable and share where we are and you're bringing your professional self to work and might not have, you know, this other piece of you that you're sharing. And now you can't help but share it. There's no other way for you to avoid it. And mm -hmm. I hope that that continues because people are going to look for that. If, if not before, more so now, like the culture, your supervisor, your team, how willing are people to be themselves and share of themselves? Yeah. Yeah, really interesting. And as, as, as a final sort of thought or question that I wanted to ask you, what do you think the biggest opportunity that we can capitalize on right now is with respect to building great teams, um, being vulnerable and having these conversations? I think it's almost creating this new playbook for your team, for your organization. As things have shifted, what are our goals? What is our vision? What is our mission? Have we changed that since things are happening? Are our needs really different? Are our customers' needs really different? Is our environment, our landscape different? I think it allows us, if we before felt a little barricaded in or blocked in, it allows us to think bigger, think differently. There are more opportunities, different opportunities than before. I'm hoping that that's you know, taken advantage of because I think there, there's just different things that we can think about. Um, social impact, I hope, becomes bigger and more, you know, important of you see organizations even working together in distilleries, making hand sanitizer and people doing, you know, PPE, like all these things are shifting and changing. And I hope that that does not go away. Yes, I'm hoping we do not need masks at some point, but that buy one, give one concept that social impact. I hope people find a way to continue and see that as an opportunity moving forward. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Alyssa, is there anything else you want to share with us today? Can you tell us a little bit about the book where we can get in, into, in touch with you? Sure. Um, you can get in touch with me on my website at notokaythatsokaycoach.com. And on there is everything about my new certificate program, the book, How to Listen and How to Be Heard. Inclusive Conversations at Work can be purchased at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great to have this conversation. A lot of concrete things we can put into action right away uh, so that we can build a better workplace for tomorrow today. Thank you so much. For more podcasts, show notes, and to connect with our speaker today, visit erictermundi.com. That's E-R-I-C-T-E-R-M-U-E-N-D-E.com. And click the podcast tab. Thanks for listening.